many years ago, a long, long time ago, wasn't there a song? My, my, Miss American Pie drove my Ford to the gourd. Ah. <laughs> uh, Many years ago, I was a triathlete. I was a dude who swam and biked and ran, and uh, I was pretty good. Without patting myself on the back, I was pretty good. I wasn't uh, winning shit. But I would place in my age group. I would do okay. You know, I would finish top, I don't know, 25%. Every race, something like that, you know, it was good. I was good. I was, uh, I was pretty fucking good. It started with me. You know, the natural progression is you, you, you do like five Ks and shit like that. And uh, I had never really done a five K before. I did, and I did one when I first moved back to Grand Rapids, so like two thousand. And I'm like, I gotta do shit. I'm just trying to find shit to do. And I saw this race that benefited um, a, a, a dog shelter, a humane society kind of thing. And it was an outdoor race, like a, a cross-country race, right? We weren't running on roads. We were running like through a park kind of thing. And I guess I wasn't under the assumption, and I suppose I should have been, you were... Is you were supposed to run with your dog. <laughs> and at the time, I did not have a dog, so I just ran on my own. And I was, I think, the only person running the race without a dog. I felt kind of weird. Uh, and I did that race like four or five times. I, I ended up getting a dog, Gordy. I had my dog, Gordy. He was a little kind of like Beagle character. And we ran that race, and Gordy and I won our the age bracket every year we ran. I got all these fucking trophies downstairs for it, right? Good shit. So then the woman that I was dating at the time, she was like, Hey, uh, why don't we step the game up and let's do some triathlons? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh... I can run, clearly. I have a bike, so I can bike, but I'm not really much of a swimmer. But at work, she and I both worked at the same place, uh, Pine Rest Christian Mental Health Hospital. Pine Rest had a pool that we could use. We could swim before work or during lunch or whatever, and so I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I would just I would get in the pool, and, you know, I would just do laps and just trying to get strength up and endurance and everything. And um, we planned, our very first triathlon, we planned, uh, it was called, it's called a sprint triathlon. And so that means it's uh, shorter in distance. Like this race was, I think it was like 200 yards of a swim, a 14-mile bike, and a three-mile run. And I know to a lot of people, they're like, ah, fuck, you're doing all that in one day? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. And um, the swim the swim was ridiculously easy. All the shit was happening in Gaylord, Michigan. A buddy of mine, 
He had, a, he had a cottage up there that he could use, and it just coincidentally happened the same time as this triathlon. Every, everything kind of came together, right? So Christy and I, we go up there. We do the race. I'm nervous as fuck because I don't, I don't know what to expect from it. The, the swim aspect was very short. It was so short that the water was never really that deep i you know i know i'm taller i'm six five i was able actually able to like run slash walk <laughs> the water aspect i actually so i actually outran people who were swimming i i when i ran this race in the water so whatever so you get out you hop on the bike and at the time the only bike i had was like a mountain bike and i, and I did this on the mountain bike i did the I think it was 12 miles, I don't know, 12, 14, did, did it, uh, get off the bike, put on my shoes to run, and I, your legs are jelly. Even though you're like, it's legs on the bike and legs on the run, you're, it's a different kind of motion. You're using different muscles. And it was, it, it's just a level of, what the fuck is happening here with your legs? So I run, I finish the race, we're all good. They have like a little um, ceremony at the end, the awarding of like the medals or whatever, right? And so when it comes time to my age bracket, I ended up winning my age bracket, the very first triathlon I ever did. I won the age bracket. And I think it was, I came in like 18th overall or something. I was like, wow, holy shit, this is great. And they didn't give me like a medal. A lot of places will give you like a little medal. They gave me a mug, like a beer mug, a stein, which I which I liked. I still have it. And I think because I I won my age bracket, it that was the encouraging factor that made me go, I need to continue to keep doing this. And for probably four or five years, I was doing six to eight triathlons a summer you know I, I you you would do them kind of like in colder weather too you would just put you'd buy wetsuits for the swim because the water would just get so fucking cold so fucking cold and so the wetsuits would provide a level of warmth and they would provide a level of buoyancy like you legitimately could just turn and lie on your back and you would float it was great. I, I fucking love the, the wetsuits that I had. And so I was continuing to do all these races, and it was always a good time. I got I got many stories about... Uh, in the swim, I was a decent swimmer. But I, I never wanted to get into the fray of it. So I, I would always start like in the back, off to the side. So I was probably swimming a longer distance than I needed to, but it was just, I'm going to stay out of the way of people. I don't want to fuck with people. I don't want people fucking with me because I had, I'd get, I've been kicked in the face before in the swim. I had people try to swim over me. I had people actually grab my ankles. I'm like, what the fuck is going Like, I mean, it literally at times it felt like there were fights going on in the water and I was never a fan. And I'll tell you this too. Whoever wins the swim does not win the race. Uh, anyone who comes out of the water first is not winning the race. Go go check any fucking uh, race stats. 
the best swimmer does not win the race. So I was never concerned about it, right? Um, and so the, the first race that I did, it was the Mark Mellon Twilight Race. And that, that was another thing that I liked about it was they held it at like 6, 7 o'clock. A lot of these races will start at like 7 in the morning or some shit. This race, because it was so short, they could do it at 7 o'clock at night. You know, everyone's going to be done by like 8.30, 9 o'clock for certain. You know, it's still light out. I, uh, so I really liked it. And uh, I kept continuing to do that race. I did it, I think, for like five years. First year was like 18th place. Uh, the next year I was like 8th. And then I was like 5th. Like I just kept getting better and better every year, right? Every year I won my age bracket too. And so the last year I did it, I'm going, okay, this is the year I'm going to win this shit. I'm just going to fucking win it. And I'm talking to this kid. The year prior, I was talking to the, the guy, the same kid. He was in high school, so he's a young little shit. He was on the cross-country team. And I'm talking with him about his bike because he had this fucking big, heavy mountain bike. It was like a Huffy or some shit. And I knew from my first year doing it on the mountain bike that you don't want to do a race, a road race on a mountain bike. You need to get a road bike of some kind. And so I subsequently got myself like a Fuji road bike. And then I got, uh, when I was getting even better, I got a Serata, which is a nice bike that they can um, custom make to your fit. So, I mean, the, the bike that, the Serata bike that I had, I paid more for than the car that I was driving. So, you know, it's that kind of nice of a bike. And so I'm just telling him, I'm like, hey, man, yeah, you're, you're going to want to get a road bike if you keep doing these things, whatever, whatever. So the next year he comes back and he does. He's got a road bike. And I'm like, all right, good for you, man. We're just talking, shooting the shit, whatever. There we go. So the race starts. We go. I, yeah, I don't even know. You get out of the water. I don't even know what place I am out of the water. It doesn't matter. Like I said, whoever wins the swim is not winning the race. So I get on the bike, go through the bike. And when I get off the bike, I am now in second place overall. Second place. And there's a dude in front of me. He's, I see him. He got, got off the bike and he's going. And the race is an out and back, meaning it's like you run to a point, you get to the point. And then you run back. So it's not like a circle. It's you know like a straight line. You run around the cone and you start heading back, right? So I'm running, and uh, you can tell I'm catching this guy. I am. I am going to catch this motherfucker, and I do. I catch him, essentially at like the cone, the the coming back part. So we're more than halfway done with the road component you know it, I think it's a three mile run so a mile and a half into it I catch the guy and I'm just kind of running with him I'm pacing with him because I'm looking you so you can start to see who's coming behind you right because like I said it's an out and back so you can see who's coming up behind you and there really isn't anyone coming behind us until I see that high school kid I'm like motherfucker and I knew he was a cross-country guy from our conversations so I tell the old man that I'm working with, I'm like, 
we need to pick up the pace because that kid is going to fucking catch us. So I pick up the pace and I leave that dude in the dust. That dude, I don't know if he was running as fast as he can or not or what, but he was not coming with me. So I am running as fast as I can. In every couple seconds, I would kind of glance behind me to see where that kid was. And that fucker was just catching me. It just, it didn't matter what I was going to do. It, it all became like, can I hold this motherfucker off to get to the finish line before he passes me? Because he is going to pass me. So I'm running as fast and as hard as I can. And probably with, I don't know, 100 yards, the length of a football field, probably less, this fucking kid catches me and just passes me and doesn't fucking think about it. I'm like, God damn it. So he won. He won. I couldn't catch him. He won. I came in second. And uh, that was the last time I ran that race. <laughs> I wasn't mad or anything. It was more just like disappointed. More like I knew this this young kid who I was probably twice his age. He was probably 17. I was 35, 36. And he was built for it. He was fucking built for it. He just beat me. And so whatever. There you go. I did a couple half Ironmans. Those were fun. I did one in Lansing. That was my very first one. The Lansing Legislator is what it was called. And I believe it was the only one they ever did. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was poorly run. It was poorly run. Like, I, I guess they just didn't have enough volunteers. Because on bigger races, clearly, you, particularly like on the bike and the run, you need people out there to kind of direct the, the, the runners, the athletes, the participants. You need to direct them and go, you need to go this way. You're going this way. You're going this way. Because on the bike, the bike for half, uh, half Ironman is 56 miles. And to this day, everybody, I am not sure... If I did 56 miles, could have done more, could have done less. I, because I'm, I was out there for a long period of time just kind of by myself. There was no one in front of me. There was no one behind me. There were no fucking volunteers anywhere. I was like, God, Jesus Christ, am I doing this right? And then when I finally kind of got back to where the running was happening, I just got off my bike, put it in the corral, and I just started running. So I have really no fucking clue, everybody, if uh, if I was doing it right. And I did the whole thing. It's a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile run or a bike, and a 13.1-mile run. I did that whole thing in like five hours. So that's a pretty good time. That's a pretty good time. I know a lot of people would be like, if you doubled it, it would be like 10 hours. Holy fuck. And, you know, that's a fucking great time for a full Ironman, 10 hours. And that's when I go, well, yeah, I would never be able to do it in 10 hours because I was giving it my all to fucking do it in like five. <laughs> they give, there is a time limit on a full. You got to do the whole thing in under 16. And I'm, I've never done a full, but I'm pretty sure I could have when I was training. I could have done it under 16, but fuck me. Fuck me. 
I did win a triathlon once. I won it. And I don't brag about it. I don't normally bring it up. I don't bring it up. The reason I don't bring it up, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it was an indoor triathlon. Meaning we did it in like, I don't know, January, February when the weather was shit. So the swim aspect was done in a pool. You were just doing laps in a pool and it was all like timed. So it was like, you have... 15 minutes to do as many laps as you can right and so then you're done with it and then you get on a bike like a stationary bike and then you just ride the bike for as long as you can for 15 minutes or whatever it was and then the run component was uh, in a gym so it wasn't even like a treadmill it was in a gym so you know gyms like a square or rectangle so that's what we were doing it's not even like a track but I won it. Part of the reason why I don't talk about winning it is, you know, like I said, it was an indoor one. It also only had four people in it. <laughs> so I was one of the four. Another one of the four was uh, my girlfriend, Christy. And the other two contestants were also women. So I was the only dude. Out of the four contestants, I was the only dude. I was like, God damn it. Um, but it came down to the run, everybody. A, there was It was me and a woman, essentially. And the woman beat me in the swim. She did more laps than I did. But I, then I beat her on the bike. So it came down to the run. And I beat her by like a lap or something. I don't know. Which I was surprised by because this woman was a runner. I think it, it was because I beat her so much more on the bike than uh, she did me on the pool. I think that's why it did. So, But I won it. The only thing they gave me was, a, and they gave everybody this, they gave me like a sweatshirt. Everybody got a sweatshirt. It was a super nice sweatshirt. And I wore the fuck out of the thing forever. But I never talk about that. You guys are probably like the first time I've mentioned it fucking out loud to anybody. And it was it's funny, it was at a place that was a gym. And then it became like a multi-purpose building, like for offices. And now it's like a fucking church. That thing had couldn't fucking decide what it wanted to be. I don't really know why it had such a huge problem, but whatever. I miss doing triathlons, everybody. It was a lot of fun. If you ever get a chance to do it, I would encourage you. I would encourage you to go do it. Uh, you'll probably get invested. It was kind of a lifestyle for me for a long period of time. You know, like I had the heart rate monitor. I had all the swim gear. I had all the swim training shit. The crazy bike. Uh, I had. I actually even. I even had a coach for a summer. Tom Trout, who was a very good triathlete in the uh, Grand Rapids, West Michigan area. He was my coach for a year, and uh, I did very well with him. Did very well. We accomplished a lot of shit. So you should do it. Consider it. Consider it. There you go. But hey, everybody. <laughs> It's me, yeah, boy, Stu McAllister.
dogs. I got Wean Dog on the couch. I got Sadie Dog looking at me like she wants to get on the couch. Uh, I don't see Cow Cat on the cat tree. I don't know where he or Larry Cat are. They're probably being bad as fuck. Uh, but how was your day, everybody? How was your day? Was it a good day? I sincerely hope it was. Why? Because it is Monday, July 25th, 2020. Dose last Monday of the month. I hope it was a good day. I know a lot of people are like, ah, Monday suck. It's the first day of work. You know, for most people, do, uh, you know, doing the work week, they work Monday to Friday, it can suck, whatever. But hopefully it was good. It was, it was a pretty nice day here in Michigan. Wasn't super hot, at least where I was. Uh, sunny, no problems. I enjoyed it. There we go. It was a long day for me, though. It was a 14-hour day today. I got into work about uh, 5.40 and left then probably about uh, 7.40 or whatever. That's probably, it was a long day. When I clocked out, it said 14 hours and three minutes. I'm like, yep, sounds about right. A lot of driving. If you're new to the you're new to the program, I, uh, I deliver dip and not ice cream. Everybody, I deliver dip and not ice cream uh, all over the great state of Michigan. Uh, background used to be a comedian, used to be a social worker, and now I'm just uh, making big mistakes with my life. But uh, so it's it's an easy peasy day. I knew I know the route. I've done the route numerous times. I, I knew what was going down in Chinatown, um, but my boss was pissing me off something fierce just annoying the fuck out of me like yesterday he texts me he's like come in early and i'm like yeah i know you dumb fuck i've done this route numerous times i know it's a long day i know to come in early you don't have to fucking tell me to come in early i'm fucking coming in when i fucking come in it's just why are you fucking telling me why see my boss has a tendency to micromanage, and there's nothing I fucking hate more than someone micromanaging you. Particularly when you give them no fucking reason to micromanage you. No fucking reason, right? So then he also texts me, he's like, hey, that Speedway in Ottawa, Michigan, needs dots. And he's like, can you do it? And I was like, well... I can. I said, it's not on the route. I've never been there before. And I Google mapped it. And I'm like, it's not super convenient. But hell, fuck. Most of that shit over that way, none of it is super convenient. And I said, um, what route is that on? Because like I said, I, I'm like, I've never been there before. What route is it on? Is it on the UP route? Because it's it kind of in between my route in Alpena and the UP route. And I'm like, I don't know, is it over there? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, I'll get to it. And so we have these tablets that we use. So, you know, I downloaded the route. I knew the route I needed to do. And you can do shit off route, right? So I go and I go to like Google or I go to the tablet to kind of search out the, the spot because I'm like going, I, I've never fucking been here before. And so, you know, it's in Onaway and they, we don't have anything in Onaway. There are no businesses in Onaway. So I text my boss. I'm like, hey man, there is no fucking speedway in Onaway that we service. It is not in the tablet. He's like, oh, I'll have to check. 
when I get in the office, because, you know, I got there before he fucking did. So as I, you know, I'm going throughout the route, I'm like, have you figured it out? Is there a spot in Ottaway? And he's like, yeah, there's no spot in Ottaway. Apparently, a woman who lives up in the UP has like an Ottaway fucking phone number. I don't know. And she needed dots for her campground or something. And I don't know, somehow my boss got confused about, oh, they're calling from Ottaway. What the fuck's in Ottaway? Oh, there's a speedway in Ottaway. I'm like going, why the fuck are you doing this? Right? Get your, sh- get your shit straight before you start sending people. Because I've gone to places before that don't fucking sell Dippin' Dots because my boss told me to go there. I'm like going, I don't need this shit, man. What are you doing? And then he keeps telling me, he's like, hey, uh, don't forget to geocode the stops. And what, what he's saying is like in the tablet, you can geocode where you're supposed to go, like with maps, because sometimes it's kind of like you go to a campground and it's this monstrous campground and the uh, G- GPS will take you to like the entrance of the campground, but you don't know where to fucking go on this fucking compound, right? It's so huge. So you can geocode it. And I've been complaining to my boss because the guy who quit, whose routes I'm taking over, he never fucking did it. He never geocoded any of this shit. Or a lot of the shit was wrong. And so I would tell my boss, tell these other fuckers they need to start doing it because like, I know that they know where they're supposed to go. But when someone else has got to do this shit, they need to know where the fuck to go. I want to set things up easy so, like, when I'm not doing this route anymore, the next person can just fucking step in and it's easy peasy for sheezy. So he's asking me to geocode and I want to be like, listen, you dumb fuck, I'm the one telling you that the other fucks aren't doing it, so clearly I'm fucking doing it. Why the fuck are you telling me to do shit? Why are you fucking micromanaging me? It was unfucking real The whole goddamn day he's just doing shit. I'm like, oh, I want to punch you in the face, motherfucker. Do you have bosses that kind of like are always peering over your shoulder? Always wondering what the fuck you're doing? Always telling you shit to do when you have been doing shit all the time? It's almost as if it's like, I need to say this shit to reassert the fact that I'm the fucking boss. I'm like, yeah, I know you're the boss. You know who the best bosses are? The ones who let their employees do their fucking work without interference. Jesus fucking Christ. It was so, it was a bad day. It was a bad day. Didn't sell a lot of shit. That's what really made it a bad day. I can just ignore my fucking boss. I can just ignore him. Or I can tell him to fuck off. Which is essentially what I did when he was telling me to geocode this. Because I said, you need to tell your other fucking employees to do it. And he's like, I am. And I'm like, well, good. You don't need to fucking tell me. I'm the one telling you that shit's not getting done. Fucking Christ. So I get back to the warehouse. And uh, the old man that I work with is just getting back the same time I am. So I'm helping him load up his van. He's got a two-day route tomorrow. So I'm just helping him load it up because it, it, he's just slow. He's got two two speeds, slow and stop. That's it. He ain't got anything else. So I'm helping him load up, get it all loaded up. He's all good to go, right? It's all good to go. And uh, yeah, I'm talking to my boss. 
and he's telling me about the vans. And there's a bunch of vans, and uh, one of the young fucks I work with has a van, but he's complaining about how he doesn't feel safe in the van. It's really fucking convenient that this guy doesn't feel safe in the van when the newer vans have shown up, and he just wants to use the newer vans. I've driven his van. There's fucking nothing wrong with his van. And so the boss is talking with me about it, talking about me using this guy's old van. And I told my boss, I said, hey, if I get into work before this guy does, I'm taking the new van. I don't give a fuck. Vans are vans. There shouldn't be like, this is his van. That's his van. This is his van. It's take whatever van is fucking there and go. And if you don't like it, come in fucking early and do your goddamn route. So I'm looking at the route that I have to do tomorrow. I'm doing the Muskegon, Michigan route. Oh, God, it's such an easy fucking route. The only problem with it is it's all like businesses that are open later or they're, they're fucking campgrounds. There's only like one gas station on the entire fucking route. And the only reason why I kind of like gas stations is because they're all either they're 24 7 or they're fucking open at like 5 6 in the morning. So you can start your day early if you got fucking all gas stations, but this one doesn't. So I told my boss, I'm like, I'm not coming in till 8. It doesn't make any sense for me to come in early. I'll just be sitting around with my thumb up my ass. And there's nothing I hate more than sitting around with my thumb up my ass. My boss actually tells me sometimes, he's like, yeah, you know, just uh, slow down, whatever. I'm like, fuck, that's not my fucking style, dude. My style is come in, get the work done, and get the fuck out. That's my style. That's the style you should want from all your coworkers. You don't want to tell them to fucking goof around. Fuck me. How was your day, everybody? Was it okay? Did you, did you have problems with your boss? Do you, do you tell your boss to go fuck himself? Ugh. 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 Have any of you guys seen Thor yet? I haven't seen it. I was hoping to see it this weekend. It didn't happen. Have any of you guys seen the movie Nope yet? The Jordan Peele one? I, I really liked his movie Get Out, the first one. Then the second one, This Is Us. Fuck that shit. That one wasn't any good. I don't care who you are. That one wasn't any good. Now, this Nope one looks like it could be good, but he's kind of turning into like an M. Night Shyamalan. Like, M. Night Shyamalan was really good with Sixth Sense. Uh, but then after that, all the movies were kind of like, yeah, right, we get, we get it. You got like a weird fucking twist. We got it. We got it. And none of the movies, I, I, none of them were super great. I kind of liked some of them. Like, was he, did he do Unbreakable? Was he Unbreakable and Mr. Glass or whatever? Did he do, was he that guy? Did he do those? Those movies were okay. But the other, The Village and some of these other ones, go fuck yourself. Stu, little, what was it, The Lady in the Lake or some shit? Eat balls. So I can't tell if Jordan Peele is going to be like another M. Night Shyamalan or not. If you guys saw it, let me know. You don't have to give me any spoilers. I'm not even like a spoiler dude. I don't lose my shit over spoilers per se. Because I just don't care. You can tell me, oh yeah, like in Thor, fucking he's dead and fucking whatever. I'm like, okay, I still got to go see it. I still got to watch it. 
So I'm just curious. Let me know if you saw it or not. Ah, uh, here's a good boss. I don't know if he's a good boss or not. Maybe. This guy is an owner of a fast food chain that I don't think I've ever eaten there. It's a southern chain, Raising Canes. Have you guys eaten there? I don't know where the fuck it is. But the owner, Todd Graves, he did something kind of weird, something kind of unique, but I'd almost tell him, like, hey, man, um, I don't know if I want this, but he bought 50,000 Mega Millions tickets, one on behalf of each of his employees. If any of the tickets win the jackpot, Raising Cane says the prize will be distributed amongst all 50,000 employees. The Mega Millions jackpot reached $110 million, the fourth largest prize. Winners will get a choice between a yearly payment or an immediate but less valuable cash option, which was estimated to be $470 million before taxes. Fucking crazy. As soon as we heard how big this jackpot prize is, we couldn't miss out on the chance to win the Mega Millions jackpot and share with our crew who always stand together, Graves said. None of what we do at Canes would be possible without our crew, which is why we're always looking for ways to bring them a little extra fun. And if we're lucky, a surprise on Wednesday morning. Now what happens if they don't necessarily win the fucking big prize? But what if they win like a million dollars? Right? I mean, there isn't just like a prize. There's many prizes. So what if a couple of these tickets win some prizes? What if these tickets win like two bucks? Do you share the two bucks with the 50,000 people? Would you want would you want a ticket or would you just tell your boss, eh, just give me the dollar or whatever? Like, I don't even, how many, how much does it cost to buy a lottery ticket? Is it still just a dollar? I don't even fucking know. I don't even know. Have you eaten at that restaurant? I don't even know. Raising Canes. Now I gotta fucking Google it. Alright, hold on everybody. I apologize. I thought it would have said in the story. Story! Alright, Ray. Is it coming? Oh, I don't care about Grand Rapids Cops. My phone is telling me stories about Grand Rapids Cops. Raising Canes. There it is. Raising Canes. Let's go to their Wikipedia. Uh, I'm sure they gotta have a Wikipedia. They're based out of Vegas? Huh. There it is. Founded in 1996. Founded in Baton Rouge by Todd Graves and Craig Sylvie in 1996. Serving chicken fingers. Huh. Let's see. Uh, the early years. Founders Todd Graves and Craig Silvey were both enrolled in a business plan writing course while studying at different universities. Graves wrote the business plan and Silvey submitted it, for which Silvey received a C-minus grade. At the time Graves worked at Guthrie's Chicken Fingers, the business plan was rejected numerous times by potential investors. So Graves earned the needed money working as a boilermaker in Los Angeles, California, refinery and fishing for sockeye salmon in Alaska. He and Sylvie obtained an SBA loan, which they used to open their first restaurant located in Baton Rouge at the intersection of Highland and State near the LSU campus. The chain first began expanding internationally in 2015 to get a restaurant in Kuwait. 
It doesn't tell me, though, about the fucking... How did it become... Like, it doesn't seem like 96. So that's like, what, 26 years? That's not... A, it hasn't been around a long time. Hmm. Let's see. They got 600 locations. Oh, you guys ever eaten there? I've, I've never eaten there. Still a fan of Zaxby's. Zaxby's is the shit, and I really wish Zaxby's would come up to Michigan. Zaxby's, if you're listening, get your shit together. And get up here. I need I need your kicking chicken sandwich. It's the fucking greatest of all time. It's the greatest of all motherfucking time. All right, I think I'm going to end on this. Sorry it's a shorty today, everybody, but I'm tired as fuck. Tired as fuck. Uh, this story, we're going to stick with restaurants. This story, story, is about a, a restaurant in Charlevoix, Michigan. Now, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to Charlevoix or not. I fucking hate Charlevoix. Charlevoix is a tourist town. In any kind of tourist town, not a fan of. Because it's just, there isn't anything cool about the fucking town. It's just like, it's on the water. And now, he, hey, look, now here's a fucking overpriced coffee shop. Here's an overpriced souvenir shop. Here's an overpriced restaurant. You know, everything is just overpriced. It's not good. It's whatever. And tourists are dicks. Can we all agree tourists are dicks? I don't care where you are. Tourists are dicks. Because it's like entitled people going, I'm on vacation. Yeah, you don't give a shit. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself on a vacation. But there was a restaurant up there, the East Park Tavern, up there in Charlevoix. And uh, there was a problem with it. The problem was they closed. <laughs> um, Saturday night, the manager of the restaurant, Laura Moore, said, um, We're shutting down. We're shutting the shit down. They shut down the restaurant early. The reason they shut down the restaurant early is because the uh, patrons of the restaurant, the customers of the restaurant, these, these vol volunteers, vacationers, were just fucking dicks, apparently, to the employees there. Now, I think we all know a lot of businesses are having a hard time staffing, right? Whether it's uh, a lot of turnover or they lost a lot of people, they weren't able to get people back, so, you know, Restaurants in general, the service industry in general has been hit hard. And so a lot of people are dicks. Why the fuck did you get this to me? I didn't order this. This Why is this hot? Where's my free bread? Blah, 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 blah. This weekend, the city closed out its annual Charlevoix Venetian Festival. It's estimated 100,000 people passed through the city during the eight-day celebration. Sounds fucking awful. Short staff restaurants started to buckle under the tsunami of the fudgies, which is what they call tourists because uh, they make such a big deal about Michigan fudge, Mackinac City fudge. It's all shit. Fudge is shit. I don't care where you are. I'll fight any of you. So fudge is great. I will fight you in the streets. Fudge is awful. Uh, the conversation online... Online, among many local business owners, turned to rude and impatient guests. 
A Facebook post from Moore describing arrogant individuals and cocky jerks has taken off with more than 2,600 shares in just one day. Gross. Guests uh, facing long wait times were growing impatient began seating themselves at dirty tables, pushing together furniture and becoming hostile. Moore said she had to physically escort out a couple. The two had been asked to leave the bar multiple times after they slammed their hands uh, at the bar and shouted their drink orders at her. Yeah, sometimes you just got you got to say, "Hey, go fuck yourself." We're doing what we can. More links an impatient customer base to a shrinking workforce. Her current staff is a lineup of recruited friends. Long term, term she fears young people will choose bars and restaurants as first jobs uh, or career paths. Sorry, she fears fewer young people. There we go. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense what I just read. I think my kids might not know what a sit-down restaurant is. Honestly, the way this trend is going, nobody wants to be a server. Nobody wants to be berated all day, every day for, for maybe a tip. Yeah, and that's the thing too, everybody. These people are basically working on tips. They're working, I don't know, what is it, like two bucks an hour, 250 an hour, and then the rest is uh, based upon the generosity of the customers that are dealing with. And then a lot of these customers just fucking feel entitled because they're cocksuckers. Fuck them. Fuck them. I think people should feel responsible for their own actions. You're the one that caused it. Shouldn't you be aware? How can you fix your actions if you aren't aware that it's a problem? So many of these people just fucking entitled. Entitled cocksuckers. So the next time you go into a restaurant, be prepared for a little bit of a wait. Understand that. Be, be prepared that they're probably going to be short-staffed. Understand that. If you can't understand that, stay at fucking home or just do like takeout or delivery or some shit like that. Go fuck yourself. Go fucking to the goddamn grocery store. Get yourself a DiGiorno's. Fucking DiGiorno's. And make it yourself. Because these people, they're just young kids. Good portion of the time, particularly, you know, at these you know, moderately priced places. They're going to be fucking kids. This is not a career. They're fucking, this is a summer job or whatever. Fuck you. So. Any of you guys waiters or waitresses? Any of you guys work in the service industry? I'm just curious as to the problems you see. I mean, I'm friends with a couple of people on like social media and they always seemingly got new jobs. They quit, they get fired, they move on. Fuck, I, I, I'm not sure what you need to do to not be hired. Particularly in this day and age, like, I, I, I'm not even sure if you murdered somebody. They would be like, well, we can't hire you, you murdered somebody. They're like, all right, you murdered somebody, uh, when is your court date? Uh, not for three weeks, okay, we, we'll take you for the three weeks up until your trial. You're in. Here's, here's a fucking apron, get in there. Sad, sad. But uh, you know what's not sad? It's the end of the podcast. That's not sad. Some of you are like, fuck yeah, finally, you dumb dick. Hey, if you guys can do me a solid, go like the Facebook page, go like the Twitter page, Elemental Podcast. That'd be great. If you can check out my Macari store, that'd be great. Macari's like eBay. I sell a lot of sports shit, jerseys, hats, balls, that kind of shit. Go check it out and buy some stuff from me. That'd be great. Yeah, or uh, if you guys like this podcast, consider subscribing to the Patreon. The Patreon is a paywall. 
and uh, which means that you pay a certain amount of money to get stuff. For me, the uh, the paywall is just five bucks. Five bucks a month gets you what? More podcasts, freebies. Our Mondays and Thursdays, the Patreon is pretty much every other day of the week. Every once in a while, I take a day off. But uh, so an extra five days a week, uh, you get more podcasts, more shit. I don't know why you listen to this shit. It's just me bitching about life. God damn sucks. Uh, maybe you find it funny. Hopefully you find it funny. I don't know if it's funny. Fuck. I recently had someone tell me that they're like, yeah, you're funny. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm funny or not. And they're like, trust me, you're funny. I'm like, all right, I guess, I guess I'm going to have to believe you. I don't know anymore. I don't know. But if you can subscribe to the Patreon, that'd be great. Just five bucks a month. One less ice mocha mocha in your life. And then if you can do these four things for me, that'd be great. If you can go check out Bear Boards and Tables. That's Bear Like a Grizzly. They got a page on Facebook. They got a page on Instagram. They got a Macari store as well, too. Mark, the owner, owns like a bandsaw. And he likes carving a lot of shit out of wood. And he makes uh, keychains and knickknacks and cutting boards and all sorts of cool stuff. So if you go check them out on the Instagram and the Facebook page and the Mercari store, buy something from them. That would be awesome. Bear boards and tables. <clears throat> then we got Matt Harper Art. My buddy Matt Harper is on TikTok and Instagram. He's trying to sell his art. He makes a lot of crazy shit. You can also commission him to draw some shit. So go check him out on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Matt Harper Art. That's Matt with two T's. The extra T is for titties. Everybody loves titties. Then we got uh, the Sunday Slaw. That's Adam and Stephanie House, a married couple who eats way too much coleslaw. Way too much coleslaw. And then they do a Facebook Live video of themselves eating the coleslaw, and they give you the yay or the nay. So uh, go follow along with their shenanigans over there on Facebook. Again, the Sunday Slaw. And then we got Matt. Uh, Matt. Uh, Jordan. Jordan, God, I'm fucking tired. John Midgley. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude, get your shit together. John Midgley's got a page on Facebook for his magic. It's Magic J-B-M. John Badass Midgley. So you can see videos of his magic. You can see art. He draws art. He's a super good artist as well, too. He draws pictures of famous magicians. Uh, I don't know who any of them are. The only magician I know is uh, Doug Henning. That's it. I don't know anyone else. I don't care what you say. Doug Henning is the only one. But go follow along with his stuff over there on Facebook as well. So those four things. Again, everybody. Uh, Magic, JBM, The Sunday Slaw, Matt Harper, Art, and Bear Boards and Tables. That's it, everybody. I love you. Thanks for listening to this bullshit. I will be back tomorrow for the Patreon or I'll see you guys on Thursday for the freebie. All right, love you guys. We'll see you. Goodbye. Okay,